This is Frontrunner, the weekly grain marketing update from Frontier Agriculture for week ending Friday the 15th of July 2022. Presented to you this week by Sophie Powell. I'm a farm trader based in the West. Before we begin, a word on markets and trading during this current time of intense volatility. Markets can move significantly in a matter of hours or even minutes, with spikes sometimes happening outside UK regular business hours. MyFarm is our free online platform which offers Frontier customers 24-7 access to market information, grain prices and the ability to sell grain at a time more convenient to them. With a MyFarm account, you can see live global prices, market reports, exchange rates and commodity pricing directly relevant to your farm, with options to set alerts and sell grain all in one place. To learn more, visit www.frontierag.co.uk forward slash myfarminfo. Links to more information about MyFarm are included in the description notes for this episode. Now let's get straight into this week's update by starting with wheat. On Tuesday, the United States Department of Agriculture, the USDA, published its July updates to its World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates report. Revisions were relatively mild, but continued long liquidation on futures markets was encouraged by increases to production estimates and stocks for US wheat and corn, as well as cuts to world demand figures for each commodity resulting in a higher stock than the previous month. World wheat demand is seen 1.8 million tonnes below last month's estimates, and at 784 million tonnes will be over 6 million tonnes less than last season. Stocks are seen 700,000 tonnes up on last month at 267.5 million tonnes, but it's important to remember that this will be 12.5 million tonnes down on last year, not a bearish statistic. For world corn, a reduction of 1 million tonnes in demand contributes to a 2.5 million tonne increase in stock on last month to 312.5 million tonnes, which is just 700,000 tonnes up on last month. This, coupled with a general commodity sell-off with recession fears for world economies, saw the firm US dollar climb to parity with the euro and a rapid decline for crude oil prices below $100 per barrel. Chicago Board of Trade wheat futures are trading below the levels prevailing before the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Wheat markets found further selling pressure following news that Turkey, Russia, Ukraine and the United Nations were close to agreeing a process that would lead to re-establishing Ukraine's Black Sea exports. The Turkish Defence Minister stated that a deal would be signed off next week, although a date has not yet been established. While wheat prices have fallen this week, there is plenty of hot, dry weather impacting crop potential and therefore causing concern. Much of the European continent is suffering from a prolonged spell of extreme heat, which is reducing the yield potential for grains, particularly non-irrigated corn, which is in the pollination stage. The Spanish crop is seen 16% lower than last year at 3.57 million tonnes. And in Germany, without substantial rain in the next two weeks, the crop could fall below 4 million tonnes. This week, analyst group Strategy Grains cut its EU crop estimate by 1.8 million tonnes to 65.39 million tonnes, which would be 4.3 million tonnes below last year. It also cut its EU wheat production estimate again, down to 123.3 million tonnes, 
now 6.5 million tonnes below last year. US corn futures are finding support with concerns that current hot dry weather in the Midwest will result in yield losses. The Southern Hemisphere is faring no better with drought in Argentina cutting the wheat area drilled to 5.9 million hectares and a crop estimate down to 17.7 million tonnes. This compares with 22.15 million tonnes last year, which was a record and is below Tuesday's USDA estimate of 19.5 million tonnes. Now let's turn our attention to what's been happening with barley this week. With the recent hot and dry weather in the UK, harvest has started around seven to 10 days earlier than last year. Moistures are averaging around 13% and bushel weights are averaging 67 kilograms per hectolitre, up three kilograms on last year. Most farmers are happy with their yields, which are higher than last year and five to 10% up on the long-term average. Prices are muted in the spot positions as export sales remain modest and UK compounders have already bought old crop to cover their July needs. There are opportunities to achieve good sale prices outside the harvest position for the autumn and winter months with prices eight to 13 pounds per tonne higher if it can be stored. We have seen samples of Kraft and Electrum winter malting barley that are a significant improvement over the last couple of seasons. They have low to mid-range nitrogen results, low screenings and high grain specific weight, which is ideal for maltsters and bruisers. Samples of pre-Christmas sown spring malting types are also looking good. There is a chance that the main spring barley crop will have suffered in the recent dryness and heat, but it's hoped that the impact is minimal. Malting premiums are still high at 60 to 80 pounds per tonne, but this will drop if sample results continue to impress. Taking a look now at oilseed rape. Markets have slumped by almost 25% in the past couple of months, but are still 50% up on where they were this time last year. We are back to levels seen in early March when new crop values were finding new contract highs on an almost daily basis. However, it is a matter of perspective. They might be the same price levels, but for producers, they felt more positive in March than they do now. There was hope this week that the USDA's July World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates report might give the market a lift, but its impact ultimately proved to be fairly neutral. South America production numbers were left largely unchanged, apart from an increase of 600,000 tonnes to 44 million tonnes on Argentine soybeans. The main questions raised were on US soybean export numbers and likely US yields. This report lowered both the US new crop crush and export levels to counterbalance the drop in forecast production, following the reduction in acreage highlighted in the June plantings report. Given the high levels of forward sales, a drop in US exports feels unlikely and underpinning the whole analysis is a prediction of near record soybean yields. However, given past weather and future forecasts, this also feels unlikely. As reality unfolds on these two issues, we could see buyers return in some style. It's mainly in the macros that any search should be made to explain the recent slump in oilseeds markets. Government policies on palm oil exports out of Indonesia, which supplies 55% of world trade in this commodity, started the reverse in prices, but all oilseeds have suffered from a combination of factors to do with the wider world economy. Fears are resurfacing over the outlook for China, 
amidst worries of further COVID-related lockdowns. And this week, we've had confirmation that US inflation is at a 40-year high. Furthermore, there are ongoing concerns about what might happen to the European economy if Russia halts gas supplied in the coming months, with very real fears also building over the likelihood of a global recession or even depression. In terms of the potential impact, recessions last for months, but a depression is defined as a drop in economic activity that lasts for years. Moving on now to pulses. Market activity remains quiet as we await harvest to help us assess yield and quality. There are some concerns that winter bean crops have ripened too quickly as a few have now turned black at least three weeks earlier than what would normally be expected. Despite this, there are a lot of pods per plant with three to five beans per pod and what appears to be minimal insect damage. Spring crops will suffer more in the intense heat and we do expect to see some yield reduction on poorer crops. Peas are also ripening very quickly, with some ready to be harvested in the next 10 days. Peas have come through an almost perfect growing season, with the recent hot weather helping to ripen the crop quickly. Any rain now would only cause the pods to become opaque, resulting in the peas themselves being bleached. And finally, I'm going to finish this report by taking a look at the fertiliser market. Pressure remains on all European ammonium nitrate production facilities with higher natural gas levels. These increases cause domestic levels to move up by £100 per tonne for spot deliveries, up £240 per tonne since the start of the new season on the 12th of May. With higher gas prices forecast for the fourth quarter, it's likely that prices will increase again if and when any forward UK-produced AM terms are offered. Imported prices are also reflecting this rise in energy costs, but are very difficult to source for the UK market. Urea markets have also firmed due to raw materials, plus exchange rates between UK sterling and the US dollar. The Indian tender has also had an impact. Initially, it was expected to be 1.4 million tonnes, but it was only issued for 500,000 tonnes. Growers are still advised to look at sustain, treated urea, as it remains good value in comparison to straight AN alternatives and has the option to buy for a future delivery month. Spring UAN terms are available, but now volume is limited. Although much of the early momentum has gone from the market, the fundamental drivers are still in play. Locking into some forward certainty with UAN values and grades does give growers some comfort in the knowledge that they have secured a known value and known product. UAN terms are still available for the autumn tank fill position. Growers who haven't yet covered any volume should at least consider filling their tanks while physical offers are available for all nitrogen and nitrogen sulphur grades. Any growers using liquid fertiliser, not including the Omex NP grade, to establish oilseed rate this summer should include Lemus Clear within the UAN application. With warm temperatures, exposed soils and low co crop cover, this application is at high risk of volatilisation and Lima's Clear can minimise any risk of nitrogen losses. As phosphate and potash levels remain firm, growers looking for nutrients for drilling should consider oilseed start 24-24-0 plus 8 sulphur plus boron from Frontier as a credible alternative to DAP. And for cereal requirements, there is the option to omit the boron content 24-24-0 plus 8 sulphur.
This was Frontrunner for week ending Friday the 15th of July. If you'd like help with any aspect of your grain marketing, please get in touch by visiting our website at www.frontierag.co.uk or if you're a customer, you can speak to your local Frontier contact. Don't forget, all Frontier customers have free access to online grain trading and live 24-hour market pricing through MyFarm. Links to more information as well as to our blog and socials can be found in the description notes for this episode. Thank you for listening. Locking into some forward certainty with UAN values and grades does give growers some comfort in the knowledge that they have secured a known value and known product. UAN terms are still available for the autumn tank fill position. Growers who haven't yet covered any volume should at least consider filling their tanks while physical offers are available for all nitrogen and nitrogen sulphur grades. Any growing growers using liquid fertiliser, not including the Omex NP grade, to establish oilseed rape this summer should include Lima's Clear within this UAN application. With warm temperatures, exposed soils and low crop cover, this application is at high risk of volatilisation and Lima's Clear can minimise any risk of nitrogen losses. As phosphate and potash levels remain firm, Growers are looking for nutrients for drilling should consider oilseed start 242400 plus 8SO3 plus boron from Frontier as a credible alternative to DAP. And for cereal requirements, there's an option to omit the boron content 242400 plus 8SO3.